Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jolliffe, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Hi, you've made it to the Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda NP. I'm Chris Doctor, your co-host, and I'll be joined in just a moment by Rhonda Jolliffe. It's our mission to bring you information that will inspire, motivate, and empower you during your perimenopause and menopause experience. Today's topic is hormone replacement therapy, and specifically, we are going to talk about pellet therapy. So this episode came about because one day during our private student group that is part of our signature online course, Menopause University, Rhonda got super fired up about this topic, and we thought, you know what? This would be perfect for a podcast, so here we go. You might be searching the internet right about now for solutions or information related to hormone replacement therapy, and you might have come upon an option called pellet therapy. We want to bring you the correct information versus the over-promising and marketing that comes along with this option. Some of the marketing promises increased muscle mass, energy, and sex drive. But as you'll hear from Rhonda, she has some very specific concerns and cautions related to this delivery method for women. If you've just discovered this podcast, we want to welcome you and let you know that we have a lot of other information available on our website, rhondanp.com. Let me spell that out for you. It's R-H-O-N-D-A-N like nurse, P like practitioner, rhondanp.com. So there's a lot of information there. Like I said, there's a menopause assessment quiz, a lot of other podcasts, free resource downloads about symptoms and solutions, and even a free online mini course all about hot flashes. If hot flashes are one of your big challenges, I know they are for me. So we also have our signature course, Menopause 101. That's part of Menopause University. And we open that course a few times a year. So depending upon when you're listening to the podcast, we may or may not be open for enrollment. If we aren't, please get your name on a list and we'll send you a reminder email when registration opens. Anything we mention in the episode that is important or of note, I'll make sure to put a link or other supporting information at the website for you because you know what? We got you covered. So with that, let's hop into the episode. We think you're going to love it. Today on the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP, we are talking about hormone replacement pellets, the pros and the cons. So Rhonda, why would someone need hormone replacement therapy? Well, menopause is the start of losing your hormones. So most women at age 50 or whenever they go into menopause, they're ovaries start to fail or decline in production of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, because that's where we mostly get our hormones from is our ovaries. Now we do have some production of hormones through our adrenal glands as well, but those adrenal glands do not produce in the volume that they do of our ovaries. So the decline of ovarian function relates to loss of hormones. So does someone start to, would someone come to you or a, a healthcare practitioner in perimenopause where she's just starting, do you put people on hormone replacement therapy in perimenopause? 
Yeah. Well, what really happens in a women's body is we all have a baseline. So there's definitely women that are like a higher progesterone type woman, lower progesterone type woman, high testosterone woman, low testosterone woman, high estrogen, low estrogen. And we really have a baseline and that that's how we're made. That's our genetic makeup. So I can pretty much look at certain women and say they're kind of a higher estrogen woman or a higher testosterone woman just by looking at them because they have certain characteristics. So that's how we're genetically designed. So there is that baseline. But in a normal functioning, ovarian functioning woman, so in women, normally we have progesterone that starts to decline at around age 35. So that will be a gradual decline until menopause. And then at menopause, estrogen declines. And sometimes the estrogen declines very rapidly. So this age from let's just for the purpose of this, let's say you go through menopause at age 50 and your progesterone started declining right around age 35. So when you get to 50, you actually have a pretty low progesterone by then but your estrogen has been kind of kicking in the whole time. And so a lot of times what happens in the perimenopause phase is you'll have this higher estrogen in relation to the progesterone. So you will have symptoms of high estrogen like headaches, moodiness, irritability, uh, fatigue, crabby. <laughs> if you can relate to any of these, it is could likely be that your progesterone is low and you still have a lot of estrogen circulating around. Estrogen then drops quite rapidly at menopause, and it can happen within a very short period of time when the ovaries just stop, decide they're going to stop production. And so then when you see that drop in estrogen, then you have a low estrogen and a low progesterone. Now, testosterone, some women tend to have a higher testosterone. They're those high testosterone women. And so then at menopause, when they actually have a drop in their progesterone and estrogen, and then they have this higher testosterone, they can have a lot of unwanted symptoms as well. And you will see things like, again, irritability, loss of sleep, facial hair, probably increasing loss of hair is a common one, especially like in the balding area, like men will have male pattern baldness, right? <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> I'm looking at my hair thinking, okay, where is it at? It's at the crown. So like at the crown, <laughs> the male, the male baldness is what you get. And so that's a common, that's actually a really common symptom of menopause. And so women will notice hair loss at menopause as being a real common thing. So then the other thing is, is the testosterone. Some women have low testosterone to begin with, and it does decline a little bit more at menopause as well. Now, women that have had hysterectomies, meaning total hysterectomies where they take their ovaries out, they tend to have low testosterone. That's a real common problem. Obviously, low estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Whereas women that don't have a hysterectomy, they tend to kind of keep their testosterone a little bit more. But everybody's different, you know, and that's actually can kind of guess on most people. And I have a symptom checklist that they fill out. And from there, from your symptoms, you can kind of check, well, they're a low testosterone person, they're high. But we can't assume 
A hundred percent. And so I do lab testing. So I know for sure, you know, do, do you have a low testosterone at menopause? Because you do not want to give a woman testosterone if she has a low estrogen and progesterone and just giving testosterone because some women think this is going to help their sex drive, that's not going to do it. You need a balance of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone for you to really have a nice sex drive and be vibrant and healthy and moods and sleep. Okay. So, so let, let's talk really a balance. Quickly. Okay. Let's talk quickly about how typically is hormone replacement therapy delivered because we're going to kind of roll into these, this pellet idea. So how do you usually prescribe or how is it usually prescribed to women? So there's many different forms. And when I say forms, it's really how the hormone is being delivered in the body. So the most common form that was first originated years ago was oral, which is a pill form. And that is a pill form of estrogen, progesterone, and you can take it testosterone as well. Over the years, bioidentical became more popular. And that was started mostly in a cream form and also trochee, which is under the tongue. And these are just a delivery system and it's the way they're delivered. Now, what we know from research, which is really cool because the research is so phenomenal now compared to when I first started prescribing 20 years ago. So what we know from research now is really you should not take oral estrogens. It is okay to take oral progesterone, but oral estrogens, because of the way that it's metabolized, it really is not a preferred way of taking hormones. So I prefer it in a different form. So there's creams. Trochies are kind of tricky because a lot of people have been using trochies and those are under the tongue and they dissolve under your tongue. Those are a little tricky because there's some theory too that that goes directly in the bloodstream and it's not a whole lot different than oral. So I choose not to do trochies either. I used to. Things have changed, research changed, so I changed what I practice. And I used to use some trochies and they were quite effective, but with the newer research and the question whether or not it's very similar to oral estrogens, I would not prefer to do trochie, estrogen trochies. So that is kind of the creams, the chokies. And now there's this merging science that came out on pellet therapy. Now what pellet therapy is, is it's inserted little pellets underneath the skin and they absorb and they have this way of absorbing through the skin over time. And then you need to reinsert pellets every so often to keep the levels of hormones elevated. And this is becoming a really popular thing. Now, what's interesting about it is um, it's for men and women, which most hormone replacement, we think about men and women as the same. But in the case of pellet therapy, I have to say that women and men are quite different. So I like the pellet therapy and theory for men I, however, do not like the pellet and theory for women. And here's why. And I questioned it when it first came out. And here's what I've done over my practice over 20 years is when a new medication or new drug comes out, I wait before prescribing. And I've done this with everything. I said, I'm going to wait a year. I'm going to see how things pan out to see if it's really as great as they're saying it is. And so I didn't jump on the whole pellet therapy because I kind of questioned how is that being absorbed? And if you're putting testosterone in a woman, 
how is she really absorbing that testosterone? And is it going to affect her levels too quickly or get absorbed too quickly? And I think we're finding that information out. And the information that I'm seeing and what's happening is really the palate therapy is quite nice for men. And here's the reason why. Creams and gels in men, I've seen this and it's not fun. What happens is it gets absorbed in their skin, but that stays on their skin. And if they get near their wife or touch their wife, their wives are actually getting testosterone. And so I've seen a couple women, well, more than a couple that come in and I've actually had a couple of patients that have ended up in the ER and they had to put them on major anxiety medication, blood pressure medication. And I never saw them for a couple months. They came in and then I, I kind of questioned what was going on because it's a patient I'd been seeing for 20 years and never had a blood pressure problem. And so I was really questioning that. So I got hormone levels and here the testosterone's in women sky high. So that is a caution in men. And one patient in particular, I asked her husband if he would mind going off just to see if this is why she's producing all this testosterone because women really can't produce testosterone on their own so much unless they're getting an endogenous or exogenous way of getting it. And so this did ring to be true. Her testosterone went down after her husband was off his cream form. So that's why for men, it's an awesome idea because then they don't have this exposure. I think it's absorbed very well in men. And for men, if they get a high level of testosterone, their ranges of testosterone a normal range can range from 200 to 900. So they have this really wide range of testosterone. So if they if their testosterone bumps up to 900, they're just feeling really good because they're used to that. They had that when they were 15 and 20. Oh, they God. Had those, oh God is right. <laughs> uh, they had those high levels of testosterone in their life. So now they're 60, 55, 60. And they're feeling like they did when they were young again. Now with women, it's different. When you put pellets in women, if they get that surge of testosterone, and by the way, you can do all hormones in pellet form, not just testosterone, but the concern becomes more testosterone for me. And when you get that surge of testosterone with women, women have a range, what's normal for them, that is very small for testosterone. It's 10 to 50 maybe 55. So that's a really small range. So when you give a woman testosterone, if she gets surges of testosterone, she can get her levels up into a man's range. She's never felt like that before. <laughs> She's never had a 400 testosterone. So this is not fun for her. Does she uh, kind of start like chopping trees down and fixing cars <laughs> or what happens? Well, let me tell you, the biggest symptom is she wants to have sex all the time. So she now feels like a 17-year-old boy. And I've had women tell me this. It's like, okay, what's going on with me? This is nuts. I went to this doctor. I got these pellets put in. And I am just a raging lunatic. Want to have sex with my husband all day long. And we're 65 and 70. And he's now 70. And he doesn't want to have sex all day long. And so... That is kind of the biggest symptom that, that they notice. And that what really happens is with all that testosterone, their clitoris. In a woman's body, the clitoris is our stimulating organ, just as the penis is in a man. 
And what happens with a woman that gets a testosterone in these high levels, her clitoris gets engorged or large. And so it becomes very sensitive. So she literally is sensitive down there. And you will have women, and I've had my patients describe it as they can't even hardly sit because it's so irritated down there. And she's just raving, wants to have sex all the time, and it's not a good feeling for her. So I've had these patients come in. I have quite a few patients that have homes in the Arizona area and the Florida area, and there's a lot of medi spas that are going up, and that's where a lot of these are coming from. There's certainly some functional medicine and anti-aging physicians that are doing it as well, but you really need to understand not just the woman's body, but really absorption and the way things are metabolized. So when you put high doses of any hormone on a woman, how it's metabolized, how it's utilized is really a little different than men. And so I do have a concern with this pellet, whole pellet therapy because of this. And I'm glad I never chose to get trained and do it at this point because I see mostly women. Now, if I saw men, I'm actually very interested in men. And I think it's a great, a great choice for men just because of the whole concern of the creams uh, getting exposed to their wives and spouses. Visit with us a little bit about what is the right process if someone was interested in pellet therapy and going to their practitioner, what is the protocol or the best practice or the clinical practice? If someone comes in, what labs and how does this work? Because like you're saying, these medi spas and some of these other places, they may have part of the process, but it's not the complete process like you would if you were seeing someone. So what, what are those steps that a woman would need to take? Oh, that's a great question. Really for women, I would really choose a practitioner that has been practicing and prescribing bioidentical hormone therapy for quite a few years because it's complex. It's really not that easy. It's not as easy as just giving somebody a hormone. If it was, I think there'd be a lot more people doing it. It's not that easy. And so you need to really understand the whole metabolic process of putting hormones on somebody and how that's metabolized and how it's utilized. And it's different in everybody's bodies. So you have to be cautious of how they're metabolizing those hormones. So I would choose for sure someone that has been doing hormone replacement therapy and that they do all forms. If you're choosing one, a physician that the only thing he ever prescribes is pellet therapy, I'd have to question that because I don't think pellet therapy is right for everybody. And I think that needs to be assessed by a clinician. Labs need to be done. If a woman's labs of testosterone fall around 30 and she's 65 years old, that's not a bad testosterone for a 65-year-old woman. So some women cannot tolerate a whole lot more testosterone. If their testosterone is bottomed out, I get that. They will feel better with testosterone in regards to energy, maybe some increased muscle mass. There's a lot of benefit to testosterone in women that have low testosterone. They have a, a really thin range of what they can tolerate in regards to testosterone. Remember, it's that 10 to 50, 10 to 55 on a blood test. So the women that I've taken blood tests on and their testosterones are 400, it really correlates with the symptoms that they're describing to me. 
you really need to be an experienced person in bioidentical therapy. I think someone that prescribes all forms, not just palette forms is a really good idea as well. Uh, it's just becoming a really popular anti-aging thing. We're in an anti-aging world right now. And so we're looking for all these ways that we can do anti-aging and certainly giving hormone replacement therapy is one of them, but it needs to be safe. And there's some things that I'm just questioning about the safety out there. And that's just because I've been doing and prescribing this for 20 years. And I know how hard it is to get someone balanced on their hormone replacement. And with women in particular, there's a really fine line, very fine line of prescribing. Well, and it's buyer beware because like any spa, you have to go back and you have to go back. And it, I think it's really important to hear the caution in your voice about the testosterone, because when you just do a Google search and you look for this, a lot of things that come up are, it's the marketing over promise, right? You know, the mm -hmm. fountain of youth and feel whatever. And you're mentioning women that are Sounds in their wonderful. 60s. Yeah, it does. Like women in their <laughs> 60s. But, you know, for women who are in their mid 40s, who are feeling low libido or no libido, they may think, oh, this may be what we need. But you're again cautioning. It really is something you have to go to someone who knows what they're doing. And yes, you could get increased libido, but you don't want to go to that other side where you feel like a 17 year old because that may not be what you're looking for either. Well, and it actually, it's been hard on marriages. That whole piece is a whole nother realm of this. So you do need to really be individualized. I, like I say, I'm, I'm going to hold off on the whole pellet therapy thing as far as getting trained just because I see mostly women. And again, I think it's okay for men because they'll be okay getting a little extra testosterone, but women not so much. And when I look at my experience in prescribing bioidentical hormone replacement, years ago when I first started, I was using a lot higher doses of everything. And now over the years, what I've realized is you start out with some low dosing and that actually kind of kicks in a person's body's receptors to start producing more estrogen receptors. And once you produce more estrogen receptors, they're actually receptive more and you will get a better overall picture versus starting someone on high dosing and trying to control it with just hormone replacement. Because you never know what pathway those hormones are going to go down on any person until you put them on it. And so when you put the high testosterone on women, this could be causing some bad estrogens to be produced as well. And so I don't think we have enough research or science out there to really understand that whole piece? And could this now be putting them at increased risk for breast cancer? I don't think the research is done there on this yet. So I'm just going to have to be cautious with the palate thing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in closing here, thank you for all this great information. And I will share with our listener, the reason we're talking about this today is we have a private our online course, Menopause University, and we have a private benefit for our students, which is office hours with Rhonda. And this came up, this question, and let's just say Rhonda got really fired up. <laughs> she was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so I was like, we have to do a podcast on this. <laughs> so I, I think the bottom line here is, you know, seek a functional medicine practitioner or a practitioner, like Rhonda said, who has so much experience in our show notes. I'll make sure to put a link to the Institute of Functional Medicine. They have a very cool feature where you can put in your uh, address and it pulls up 
functional medicine practitioners within your geographic region. So that's something that I will put in the show notes. So at closing here, Rhonda, any last thoughts about pellet therapy? You know, just, I hope I made it clear that we really don't, I don't think we understand the whole absorption at great detail. And I just think, again, I think the men can probably, it's a really good thing for men, but I guess I just wouldn't choose it for women. That's me personally. And if you do decide, no, I really want to try it because it does sound like a great thing. Please ask to do labs and then start low. So ask your practitioner, can we start at the very lowest dose that, that you could even think of? Because starting low is probably the best thing I've learned over 20 years to really help the process of metabolism and really doing things in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way. Perfect. Well, thanks for your words of wisdom and thank you for joining us today. So bye for now. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda N.P. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.